Back in the day when my girls were born, it was not easy to share photos and videos with loved ones, but you have a fantastic option available, the Family Album app. The Family Album app was created in 2015 and has operated in the long term to give parents a secure and easy way to share photos and videos with loved ones. It's a totally secure personal haven for your family's memories. I love that there's no third-party ads, no unwanted eyes. Now, let me share some of the great features that make the Family Album app a go-to app. First off, the app automatically sorts photos and videos by month, allowing you to swipe back in time and see how your child has grown. No more scrolling through endless feeds or searching through folders. Another cool feature about the Family Album app is you can order eight free photo prints every month to be delivered to your home. It's really nice to have some tangible pictures to hold onto or share to document each month of your baby's life. Plus, the Family Album app has unlimited storage and it is totally free. Yes, you heard that right. No more worrying about running out of space or being bombarded by ads when you're just trying to relive those heartwarming moments. So if you are still trying to use other messaging apps for your kids' photos, it is time to level up your family photo game with a free photo sharing app. Head over to the App Store today, search Family Album, it's all one word, download the app and start creating a legacy of love one photo at a time. Don't let diaper rash come between you and your baby. Diaper rash can be one of the worst experiences your little one has to go through and keeping their delicate skin happy and healthy shouldn't require a spatula to apply thick, goopy treatments that can be just as irritating and uncomfortable as the diaper rash. Instead, try Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician approved skin protectant free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide. It was developed by a mom who is also a doctor when she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash. Use just a small amount of Dr. Mom Butt Balm to help soothe your baby's skin and feel good about making the right choice. Nothing comes between you and your baby, not even diaper rash. Check out Dr. Mom Butt Balm, available on Amazon or walmart.com. This is a really fun episode about babies and music with Varid Ben Horan. Welcome to the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast. I'm Dr. Nicole Calloway Rankins, a board certified OBGYN who's been in practice for nearly 15 years. I've had the privilege of helping over 1,000 babies into this world, and I'm here to help you be calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice. Check out the full disclaimer at drnicolerankins.com forward slash disclaimer. Now let's get to it. Well, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 161, and I am so glad that you are spending some time with me today. So in today's episode, we have Varid Benhorin, and Varid is a music therapist and psychotherapist whose mission is to teach parents how to connect with their baby, speak their baby's language, and find moments of joy together. Thousands of parents swear by the techniques and tools she teaches in her Baby in Tune classes, and more than 10,000 families listen to her award-winning music for families on Spotify and iTunes. When she is not leading classes, doing instructor trainings, or lectures at conferences such as Zero to Three, she can be found in Tel Aviv, Israel with her husband and three children. I absolutely love this conversation with Varid, where we talk about things like the benefits of having a few songs that you sing on a regular basis, like a lullaby song, a morning song, and a nighttime or bath song, how song choices for babies do not 
matter at all. Even guns and roses can work. And she talks about that. She talks about why your voice or whether you can carry a note really doesn't matter. Like I myself, I always say I can sing. I just don't sound good when I sing. (laughs) She says it doesn't even matter. And then also some free resources she has to offer you if you want to try and write your own song for your baby. So I love this conversation and I really do wish I had this information when I was pregnant. You are definitely going to love it. Now, real quick, let's do a listener shout out. This is from McKenna B who left me this review in Apple podcast and the title of the review says best pregnancy podcast and the review says the all about pregnancy and birth podcast has been such a game changer for me. I'm pregnant with my first child and I have learned so much from Dr. Rankins and now feel so much more confident and calm going into my birth. I even took her birth birth class because I loved listening to her so much. I 10 out of 10 recommend this podcast for anyone who is thinking about becoming pregnant or for someone who is, and then there are a couple of hearts behind it. Well, thank you so much, McKenna, for leaving me that kind review in the podcast. And I'm also so glad to have you inside the birth preparation course. If you don't know, the birth preparation course is my signature online class that gets you calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful birth. And if you love the podcast, you'll love the course. It's an organized way to take you through all of the things that will get you ready for your birth. So you can check out all the details of the birth preparation course at drnicolerankins.com forward slash enroll. All right, let's get into the conversation with Varid. Thank you so much, Vered, for agreeing to come onto the podcast. I am so excited to talk to you about your work because it is it is it is really really cool. I'm so excited to be here because Nicole, I love your podcast. I'm a fan of it. So um, thank you for having me. Oh, thank you, thank you. So why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and your work and your family? Okay. So I'm a mom of three. I've got a 13-year-old, 10-year-old, and 7-year-old. And um, I'm a music therapist, a psychotherapist, and a musician. And um, it all started uh, when I was pregnant. And I was actually before that kind of doing a singer-songwriter thing, wanting to be a rock star. Uh And uh, (laughs) when I I was living in the East Village, I was performing with my band. And when I got pregnant, I thought, okay, so I'm either going to keep doing this rock star thing or uh, I'm going to be a grown-up now because I'm pregnant. I have a baby (laughs) on the way. So I did. I actually decided to give up on the music and um, I, I was already a music therapist. I was already working as a music therapist in, in various clinics. I had done worked in addiction and in, in psychiatric and mm. with kids. But at that time, I decided to go study clinical psychology. And the program talked a lot about attachment theory, which, of course, is the uh, research behind what makes for the connection between parents and babies and, mm-hmm. and the different uh, types of connection. And I would go home to my baby and these theories kind of jumped out of the page because I had the baby right there in front of me. And I actually wrote my first song after a day of of, uh, being in class. We had just learned about the concept of rapprochement, which means this push and pull that babies have, like the desire for independence that they increasingly have, you know, from the moment they can crawl away to the moment they go off to college. Um, And then also the need for the home base, the need for us to be there to comfort them. So it's always this push and pull of away and toward. Mm -hmm. And so that was my, so the first song I wrote, the the chorus goes, um, mama, leave me be, but don't wait. Yes. Mama, leave me be, but don't leave me. Mm. And then at the end, actually the mom says, baby, leave me be, but don't leave me. So um, after that, I went on to create Baby in Tune, which is classes helping parents connect to their baby. Because I actually didn't connect with my baby right off the bat. I think Hmm. people, yeah, people think, assume that I did because this is my life's work. Right. But um, I was sort of the 
the mom who tried to do it all. I was in a PhD program. I was working at a clinic. I was still making me, you know, I just decided I'm going to do, I'm going to have a baby too. I'm just right. going to add that on. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't work that way. <laughs> um, so uh, it was, and also I had a lot of nursing issues and I was pumping, I was trying to feed right. and I was exhausted. I was, you know, I was doing the thing that we do in sure. those first months. And, um, I remember this moment of seeing my husband singing to the baby in the middle of the night, you know, I was like crouched over the pump. I'm so tired. I just want right. to go to sleep and seeing him going, why am I not singing to the baby? Like, where's my connection right now? How does right. he have this so naturally? Right. And um, I, I remember thinking at that time that it, it's like in the movies, even in paintings, Leonardo da Vinci paintings, you know, it's kind of assumed you're going to fall in love with your baby right away. Mm -hmm. And it took me time. It, I loved my baby, but I remember the moment that I fell in love with him. It was like around six months. It took me, it took me a little while. And music had a big part in finally finding this connection. And mm. I, I, I started to sing again. Like I said, right. I gave up on the music. So I had a complicated relationship with it. Right. But when I did start to sing again with him, I remember feeling like, oh, I kind of feel more like a rock star right now than I ever have. Right. Just because right. of the way he was looking at me and the way we felt together. And so that was the start of it all. And uh, and then I went to, to make, so I created classes and more albums. And uh -huh. my goal was to help other parents find their connection with their baby. Oh my goodness. I absolutely love that. Love that. It's so amazing how our, our lives influence our work. And it's great when you can get to connect those two and your passion comes out and, and what you I do. Fully, fully. I feel grateful that, uh, I, you know, having a baby, I think for so many women, especially it derails you from your career. Mm -hmm. I've, I've worked with so many women like that. And, and even for me, you know, it took, it took a while to get to understand what my priorities are, what I'm doing. But in the end, it actually brought all of my loose ends together. The, the therapist, the musician, the rock star, the mom, mm -hmm. it really kind of helped me merge all of them. Nice, 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 nice. Did you know that 95% of pregnant women are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s? Enter Ritual. Their prenatal contains 350 milligrams of eco-friendly vegan omega-3 DHA in every serving. One of the reasons I like Ritual is that it's a female-founded B Corp meaning they are holding themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. In addition to those omega-3 DHAs to support baby's brain development, Ritual also has choline and methylated folate to support baby's neural tube development. And the capsules feature a delayed release design to help make it gentle on an empty stomach. Why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women Prenatal to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole for 25% off. Now you said you're a therapist, you have a PhD, and you're also trained in music therapy as well. I actually don't have a PhD. <laughs> I I never fully finished the program because got I got pregnant with my second, but I have a master's in clinical uh -huh. psychology. I have a master's in music therapy. Uh -huh. And um and I've made these I've made three albums for parents and babies. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I know that PhD struggle. My husband uh left the PhD program. So I totally understand how that goes. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Does he regret it? No, um, no, he actually went on and did another program and ultimately finished. It took a while, but um, it also took a while to realize that the first program wasn't the right one either. So right. uh, yeah, you just, you just, it's, it's always tell folks like a, a, a PhD is um, so much harder than an MD, I think. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
sense that like you have to, and I'm going on a tangent here, but like an MD is a defined, like you take these classes and you're done. Whereas a PhD can go on forever. So anyway, it can, it's five, six years of research. Yes. One day I might, I, I think I will go back to it. Um, at the moment I'm actually working on a book, so it's probably, I'll probably do this and then right. do that. But I am thinking that at some point, yeah. Maybe you'll go back back to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about singing to their babies. Why is it important for moms to sing to their babies during pregnancy? Yeah. Um, Okay. There's a lot of research showing that when pregnant women and, and, you know, when we sing, uh, whether it's women or men, um, when caregivers sing to their baby in vitro, that it actually affects the baby's behavior afterwards. It affects the baby's behavior once they're born. So they're soothed for longer, longer periods of time. Yes, it's an amazing study that shows that if you sing to them in vitro, they, um, they stay soothed for longer. So that's one reason that it seems to have a correlation between that and, and being calm. The other is that and this is more intuitive that there are so many benefits of music as we know there's a lot of research behind it but there's also our feeling about it that it calms us it lowers our cortisol it, it we get endorphins we get happier we feel better it can be calming it can be energizing and that really helps in pregnancy as well because 100%, yeah yes i mean so many changes are happening in the body there's it's very stressful and music helps us out of that a little bit out mm-hmm. of these little physical discomforts and into a place that's um you know i think some people might say music makes them feel more spiritual or mm-hmm. more uh for me i always feel like it brings me into my sensing self and out of my thinking self mm, i love that so I'm kind of more in in the moment. I'm feeling my movements and I'm feel I'm looking around differently. I'm smelling, I'm tasting, I'm like feeling my more grounded. And that is so important f- during pregnancy as well. I mean, for me it was for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. So what what do you have any specific recommendations on what folks should sing, how often they should sing or just, you know, yeah. what what do you yeah. have thoughts about that? So so one thing that I definitely recommend. There's there's two two big recommendations. One is to start singing your lullaby now. To start oh. thinking about what the lullaby will be, uh-huh. and start singing it now. First of all, because what I was saying with this research study that shows that shows they'll stay calmer for longer, but also because the baby. Another study shows the baby remembers. Not oh. only does the baby recognize the voice their their mother's voice but um i they had they just haven't done the study with you know the men that are around but they've done the study with women so i could say the women but um they definitely recognize the voice so that's one is is just singing in general but if you sing the same song they also recognize that song and there was a study done where even like four months later they still remembered the song that was sung to them in vitro. Mm. So picking a lullaby and starting to sing it, the reason, so now let's go into life after birth. The lullaby is going to be your best friend. It's such a great tool for bedtime because our babies really speak music from day one. They, they, they hear melodies and the repetition of the melody helps them um, get used to it so that if once you sing a lullaby every night, it becomes a behavioral cue. Mm. So just like the pacifier of the lovey becomes a physical cue, the lullaby is an audio cue that, I mean, the more you sing it, the baby will rub their eyes and they'll yawn just at the sound of it. And what I love about the lullaby that goes beyond a transitional object like a pacifier is that it's, I, I think of it as like an emotional transitional object in the sense that when you're singing the lullaby to your baby, whether it's in vitro or post, there's a lot of emotion that goes into singing. Singing is, and and music in general, makes us feel emotional, vulnerable. There are studies about that too. Like for instance, people who are 
who wrote, um, they were writing a paper, I think, in college, and some were listening to music, some weren't. Those who were listening to music, their writing was a million times more emotional, which totally makes sense. Right. But so when we sing to our baby, there's a lot of emotion that comes with it. And our babies pick up on that, which, by the way, is the reason they prefer to hear us sing rather than speak. And that means that we're conveying so much emotion within this lullaby. And what that means is that tomorrow when grandma has to put the baby to bed mm-hmm. and she sings this lullaby, let's say you are my sunshine or whatever, the baby is still feeling those feelings that they felt when mama sang it. Gotcha. So that's what I mean by this emotional transitional object that now the nanny can sing it. Now gotcha. the daycare people can sing it. Gotcha. And it's evoking this kind of safety. Okay. Okay. And you're not saying like you have to make up your own song or anything. Just pick something that you like, like, like you said, you are my sunshine or whatever you want to do works. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about song choice for a second. Uh Um, Yeah. There are so many amazing lullabies out there. I actually have a whole list. So if anybody's listening Ah, here and they want, I've just collected over the years, all of the lullabies that parents have told me that they sing. And some are like, you wouldn't think they're a lullaby. Like uh, I remember a parent who sings sweet child of mine, guns and roses to the baby and (laughs) just slowed down. So anything, there's no research on, you know, what a lullaby needs to be. It is true that often lullabies are in three Meaning mm-hmm. one, two, three, one, two, three, one, okay. two, rock baby, one, two, three, one. But they okay. don't have to be. That's sort of a swinging feel. Um, they, they really can be any song. So I would say, yes, pick a song that means something to you. I think it, it is, you're going to be singing this song a lot, like possibly for the next five years, every single day. <laughs> so, Pick something you like, and it's. I find that it's even better when maybe it's something that was sung to you. Maybe it's a song that was sung to your parents. I mean, start to ask around what songs are meaningful in your family. I love when it when it's generational because music has this way of collapsing time. You know, we hear a song from our past, and we're immediately there. It just has this way of collapsing it to this to just a song and it holds all time in it in a way so pick one that maybe your grandmother sings or something that was sung to her and um the other option is like you're saying to write one and it's actually easier than i don't know if like right now people are going oh forget it okay i'm i'm definitely not going to write a song right it's actually easier than we think and i'll just go briefly into this the reason is Uh that when we speak to our babies, we're naturally very melodic with them. So we, we say, hi, baby. Hi. Right. We use this parentese, which is the way I did it. You know, it's normally this kind of bell curve. Ah, starts lower, goes higher and comes down. And for all of you pregnant people out there who are listening and going, I'm never going to speak that way to my baby. You will. The reason is that your baby responds to it. Your baby wants that. And so, and then when we're soothing, we descend in our tone. Naturally, we say, oh, it's okay. Tell me your baby. Mm. And so, we're already so melodic with our babies. And so, I find that writing a song, and when I help parents write a song for their baby in my classes, it's really just a matter of connecting to that melody you're already using with your baby. So uh, I actually have a template for that too. If anyone um, wants to email me, I, I'd be happy to send that to. I've kind of have a p- template of how to write your own lullaby. If awesome. for all the courageous souls out there, yes, 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 yes. All right. So, what if folks don't have a great singing voice? You know, should they be worried? If you know, like I always say, I can, I can sing. I just don't sound good when I sing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm so glad you asked this because. You're not alone. In fact, I think that a hundred percent of the people feel that they don't have a good singing voice. And I'm talking like even Beyonce. I think even people <laughs> who are, you know, the best at singing right. have singing insecurities. Um, they just expect more of themselves. The reason is that, like I was saying before, it's very emotional to sing, which means that we feel more vulnerable. And also, 
most of us, if not all of us, have been told at some point in our lives to stop singing. Maybe mm. stop singing, you don't sound good, or stop singing, it's too loud. Right. And that affects us. I mean, I have, I remember when I was, now I, now it's become my career, but I was definitely told at some point, no, nah, you don't have a great voice. So music, uh, singing brings up a lot of vulnerability. But I want to tell you a story um, that a mom in one of my groups told me. She she came one day. We had just talked about lullabies. We had done the class on lullabies. And um, she came and she said, you know, I was really upset this week because I was thinking about the lullaby and, and trying to sing one. And I just, I sound awful. And, uh, and she said that her father always had such a beautiful voice. And that she used to say to her dad, oh, my God, you're such a great singer. You should be famous. Right. Why are, you know, when she was little, he used to sing to her. And she thought, wow, he's really such an amazing singer. And so she called him and she said, what am I going to do? I don't sing like you. And he said, oh, baby, I have a terrible voice. <laughs> you and your sister always thought that I was such a good singer. But the truth is, I can't hold a note. But you thought I was a rock star. Mm. And yes, exactly. Yes. Okay. The fact is that your baby just wants to hear you. Gotcha. And they don't care how you sound. Right. And if you're going to sing to your baby in a closed room and nobody hears you, fine. Right. Do it right. for your baby. Nobody else needs to hear you. Gotcha. 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 I love that. I love that. Now let's shift gears a bit and talk about labor playlists. Um, that yeah. was one of the things yeah. you, you wrote in about. Why do you recommend that women have labor playlists? The reason is that it saved me from ah. all three births. It really <laughs> did. Music saved me in all three births. And, I, and, I, and you know, the thing is I'm a music therapist, so you would think that I, I would know the power of music, but right. I was surprised all over again that it did it because each one of my births were so different and each time it was music that got me through it. So huh. with the first one, you know, I kind of was so naive. I remember we carried like the bouncy ball to the hospital. I can't right. believe we brought the bouncy ball to the hospital. By the way, it saved us because I, the taxi dropped us off at the back of the building and we had to walk. It was in New York. We had to walk all the way around. And so I kept needing the bouncy ball to rest. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So um, when, when we got there, it was, it was a long labor. And when I was finally pushing, I had made a playlist with like the yoga music I was listening to at the time. Uh -huh. So different from the other two births, by the way, I was less still in like calm mode. And I had done yoga during my pregnancy with him. And so it was uh, mostly Snatam Kaur. She's a um, Kundalini singer. And during the pushing, I remember it being like, like as if I was in between pushing, I was sort of going into a Shavasana. Mm. Like the, and the music helped me do it. It's like I was saying before, it got me out of thinking and into this, like, just kind of at that moment, it really was kind of an out of body experience because right. the music just helped me leave my body and flow. And I, re and not that it wasn't painful, of course it was. And it was, it's a stressful situation, but I just remember in between the pushes because. Those moments are not always talked about. We kind of think more about the pushing itself. Uh -huh. But in between, we want to find this like deep rest. And uh -huh. that's what the music helped me do in that birth. Gotcha. Um, with my second birth, I was in a completely different state. Uh -huh. My playlist was all like Stevie Wonder and um and elton john just like uh -huh. fun songs right, that i right. like to dance to right and when i got to the hospital i was lucky there was a shower there we turned on the shower and for like two hours <laughs> i was in the shower my husband set up the speaker and i just kind of danced and sang along with this and it got me through all the contractions gotcha. so that was yep that was that birth the third birth was so fast, <laughs> but I remember in the taxi, I was, because it was so fast, it was, you know, it was painful and everything was happening really fast. But I remember in the taxi, a song came on that just kind of reminded me 
of the beauty of it. You know, you can, you can get into this like stress mode. So once again, it kind of relaxed me and brought down my cortisol. And I didn't even have time in that birth to put on my playlist. But <laughs> that song in the taxi, I just remember once again, it kind of oh, made me take a breath and, um, and realize what was that, you know, the exciting, the, the, the amazing part of what was happening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. So do you have any specifics? Are you like, create a couple of playlists, have some different options? Because in the moment, you may not know exactly yeah. how you feel. That's right. So yeah, I, I do like the idea of um, creating a couple of different playlists, you might want, you know, more upbeat. And, but I think that it, it really has to do with what music you're listening to during the pregnancy. What I find is that people's playlists that work during the birth are, you know, there's a reason that certain songs are coming up for you mm. during the pregnancy. So what are those songs that you're wanting to hear these days? What are the things that you're going to, you know, on Spotify? And it doesn't matter how silly and weird and like right. maybe it's something from high school. It does like whatever it is, that's what this baby is kind of calling. That's what your body is calling for at the moment. So I do love one playlist just really being with all of the songs that are coming up. And then, yeah, I do think it's a nice idea to have a secondary playlist. Of, <laughs> you know, if that's upbeat, go do something calmer and vice versa. And maybe even have your partner or, you know, friend or doula or whoever's going to be there with you. Um, kind of suggest some, uh, stuff too, or make their own, make their playlist. Cause right. you never know how long you're going to be there. That is very true. Very true. And I love the idea of like, there's a reason that songs are coming up, you know, pay attention to those little nudges. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, so <clears throat> when my, when my first was born, the mel the uh the lullaby I started singing was Twinkle Twinkle and I was like, Oh God, I can't believe now I'm gonna I can't believe this is the one. But what are you gonna do? That's the one. That was the one that came <laughs> up with him. And that's the one I had to stick with because I felt right. like, all right, well, right. I guess that's what this baby wanted. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, all right. So let's switch gears and talk about after baby is here. I know you said you recommend having uh, you know, sung a lullaby. Is there any other music that moms should prepare for after baby arrives or songs or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So, so definitely um, I just want to reiterate the lullaby and by the way, the lullaby mm -hmm. ha have a conversation with your, your partner. If, if there's a partner that's going to be with you, they can uh -huh. have their own lullaby too. It doesn't have to be something that you absolutely both, um, you know, agree on. It, it can be a different one. My husband sang a lullaby in Hebrew. I sang a different one. Oh. Um, and, and it'll become, it will become the behavioral cue. Your baby will, will, it'll be, it'll also be a mental cue. They'll kind of know that bedtime's coming. It's just so, so helpful. And along those lines, you, you can use the same theory for the morning song, the diaper changing song, um, the feeding song, because our babies really speak music from day one. They, they of course are not speaking language. They're kind of, their, their language is body, voice, face, uh -huh. right? It's the gestures. This is, this is the language our babies speak and melody. You, you just see it right away that how babies are tuned into melody, how after only two times of singing a song, they already know it. And there are studies about this too, by the way, with like babies hearing uh, a rhythm and then hearing it again with a slight change and being able to, and, and actually hearing the difference. Or for instance, babies who, um, I don't know if you had this experience where you see a baby kind of kicking to the beat of, to the beat of the music and you think, mm -hmm. wait a second, I think the baby's kicking to the beat. <laughs> and they actually are. They are. It's pretty amazing. That so, is pretty amazing. Hey, so you made it this far in the episode and I'm thinking it's because you enjoyed this podcast. Well, if that's the case, then I have a favor to ask. Creating and producing the All About Pregnancy into Birth podcast has been one of the greatest joys of my life. I'm so grateful to have each and every one of you on this journey with me. Your support and engagement means the world to me, and it's what helps keep this podcast going. But here's the thing. 
Producing a podcast involves time, effort, and resources from recording equipment to an editor, hosting fees, coordinating guests, countless hours spent researching and crafting content. It all adds up. And that's where I could use your support. I've never wanted to turn all about pregnancy and birth into a paywall. I want it to remain accessible to everyone. That's why I've set up a way for you to support the show financially if you're able and willing. If this podcast has helped you during your pregnancy, your birth, or your life, I'm asking you to consider contributing to the show. Your support will help cover production and team costs and ensure that I can continue delivering the episodes you love. So in the month of March, head to drnicolerankins.com forward slash support and contribute whatever you can. Your support, no matter how big or small, makes a significant impact. It helps us continue delivering high quality content and ensures the future of all about pregnancy and birth. Again, that's drnicolerankins.com forward slash support. Thank you so much for being part of the All About Pregnancy and Birth community. Now back to the show. Yeah, so it's really nice to have a morning song as well. Um, The reason I love the morning song is that you're going to want something that cues to the baby it's morning. It's right. time for us to be together now. Right. You're not going to sing the morning song at 3 a.m. <laughs> You're not going to sing it at 5 a.m. You're going right. to sing it whenever you decide it's morning and it's going to cue to the baby. Okay, it's together time. It's playtime. But the other reason is that we tend to pick up the baby and then go from like the dark room and the, the uh, you know, the sound machine, like this very quiet atmosphere to the living room where there's chaos and there's light and there's mm-hmm. phones ringing and food being made. But if you have a morning song, what I love for parents to do is pick up the baby, start to sing the song in the room and help them transition from the room to the outside while you're singing this song. I mean, can you imagine that you pick up your baby and you start to sing, good morning, my love. Good morning, my love. And you're singing it sweetly, and then you slowly move out into the room. That's the kind of way we want to transition with our babies without having these abrupt transitions. And music is so helpful for that. So morning is one. Um, feeding, same thing. At the beginning, babies, you know, they're going to be feeding all the time. Eventually, there's going to be a situation where your baby gets very frustrated until you get the food ready. And when you have a feeding song, it cues the baby that food is on the way because they do start to learn it. Same with bath time. Bath uh, bath time is a great time to have a song because you're saying to the baby, you are about to be submerged in water. Mm -hmm. And I sing this song now as I get you dressed And soon you're going to be doing this thing because otherwise it can be very jarring. And so with all of these songs, I could say to the baby, let's say with the lullaby, I could say to the baby, okay, good night, baby. I love you. And the next night say, sleep well. But if every night I'm singing, sleep, my baby, then the baby is going to get to know that. They'll get to know the bath song. They'll get to know the morning song. It really does work. So that's one thing is, is to use songs with your routine moments. Beyond that, um, music is so helpful with language because, because our babies are learning these melodies through the repetition, they're learning words and even better when you're putting gestures with it. So mm. similar when you think about like Itsy Bitsy Spider, This really helps babies learn because it's really uh, focusing on all their modalities of learning. Yes, I saw a really um, cool video on your site where you were, it was like the nose and you were pointing out uh, body parts. Yes, 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 exactly. So um, I love doing the the body parts song. I love offering that as a suggestion to parents because I think it's a really easy song for parents to write in a way. All you're doing is saying, I love your nose. I love your toes or whatever. It doesn't, it can be any melody. It can, you mm-hmm. can even use a melody that exists. Let's say, um, uh, what's one that it, it repeats? Um, I don't know, but let's say you are my sunshine. Mm-hmm. I love your nose. I love your toes. I love your hair and I love your cheeks. Like it could be anything, but right. I love uh, when you're pointing to these body parts as you're saying them, um, then the baby is learning 
these body parts mm -hmm. because it becomes a symbol. So it's working on their audio, their visual, their kinesthetic, their tactile. It's really working on all modalities of learning. Gestures are just gesture, but not gestures alone, gestures with song. And on that note, the, the way you can tell that babies are learning language through music is that often the first words that babies speak are the ones that we sort of sing song without uh, realizing it. Like, right. Like often a baby will say, uh-oh, will be their first one because we always sing it the same way. Right. Or like my baby, her first word was diaper because I always said, should we change your diaper? Should we uh, change your diaper? And right. so her first word was papa. Yeah. I love that. Love that. Love that. Love that. And you said it earlier, but I want to be clear. You think dads can sing to baby too, correct? Oh, God, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, like I said, my husband was the the crooner way before me. <laughs> and by the way, dads actually have a more resonant tone because they have a deeper tone. Their chest is vibrating more. So their chest is sort of like a natural vibrating chair for the baby mm. in those first months, especially when they're kind of in froggy position and all they want to do is just lie on your chest. Right. The dad's singing is, is beautiful because it creates a lot of vibration that we, our voices, we can try to do that and we can bring down our voices as low as possible, which I do work on that with the parents. How can we have a more resonant voice um, and a calmer voice, a voice that's more soothing? But dads have a, a very low and resonant tone. Got it. Love it, love it, love it. So dads, you can sing too. <laughs> uh, so as, as we wrap up, what would you say is the most frustrating part of your work? Hmm. What's the most frustrating and these are questions I ask all my guests. So what do you think, what do you think is the yeah. most frustrating part? All right. So, so I do these classes and they're helping parents <clears throat> find these connection moments with their baby. They're really helping them find these moments of sort of like these magical moments. But that's not what brings parents to my classes in a way so what frustrates me is like, I'd like to say to parents, you should come to my class because I'm going to help you feel more connected. That ends up being the thing that parents always say, oh, it was the thing I didn't know I needed. Right. But they come because it's a music class. And I guess what I want to tell your audience is, you guys, connection is the most important. Mm. Once your baby is here, and even as we talked about in vitro, you can connect through the singing. That's the important stuff. There's so mm. much, you know, we have 50 years of research now, attachment theory, telling us that that's the stuff. That's the what's going to affect your baby's well-being the most. Right. And so go into it knowing that and and that doesn't mean you have to be connected to your baby all the time. It doesn't mean you have to be present with them all the time. That's impossible. All it means is that you're going to work on it. You're going to find these this way to feel connected to your baby during the day. And whether it's a few minutes here and there, you know, however, however that is for you. Um, but, but just knowing that that's really, that's the goal. That's Love it. About. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So on the flip side, what's the most rewarding part of your work? Hmm. Oh, God, so many things. I really, I feel so lucky to do this work. Um, I guess I would say the emails that I get that are like, we were driving in the car today and your song literally saved us. Or Aww. we were, you know, playing today and what you taught us to do. Yes, that, the, the, those emails the emails that I get that are just, I mean, even yesterday I posted something that Mr. Rogers said, which was so amazing about, um, about children and, and how they kind of teach us. And, um, and someone wrote to me on Instagram, you're as inspiring to me as Mr. Rogers. That's like Aww. the height of it. Yes. Yes. Doesn't get yes. better than that. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. It's like, I'm wishing I would have found you when I was, when I was expecting. So this is just such really great, useful information and, and not hard to implement. Like you're not saying this has to be exactly. difficult or complicated or anything like that. So then exactly. what exactly? Yeah. 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 So what, what is your favorite piece of advice that you would give to expectant families? Um, so 
So I guess it really is to to go with the music. I mean, I know it's I'm sounding like a broken record, no pun intended, <laughs> but but um, I just know how much it helps the pregnant women that I work with, and how much it helps me helped me um, through the pregnancy, but also through the births is. Is, and and really this the connecting I okay and I and here's another uh offshoot of that yeah. is to dance mm. to dance yes yeah let's talk about that let's on, go ahead and talk about yeah. that yes yes yeah um you know the thing about pregnancy you know when I I don't know if you felt this Nicole when I was pregnant I felt like sort of a flower I felt like oh okay I get it I am just this this part of nature that that I grow a being, you know, I've been grown. It was so humbling and also empowering at the same time. And I just felt like this part of, I felt sort of primal. I just, I felt like I am, I am a seedling growing from the earth. (laughs) And when I danced, I remember feeling connected to that. It was the only time Mm. that I really dove into that because when I put on music and I moved my body around, I sort of, imagined I was the tree or blowing and I right. when I really let myself go with it then um that I felt kind of free with my body and beyond that I had so many aches and pains and there's something about dancing where we move the way our body needs to be moved it's really lubricating our body mm-hmm. in this way that's safe for us we're not like trying to stretch you know sometimes when we do certain stretches we can like sort of jam ourselves into it dancing is a very gentle way to move our body around uh, in a way that feels nice and feels right and uh, and i think really music facilitate facilitates that and not just that music makes us in sync with others that uh, music and dancing oh, yes. so dancing yes exactly yes yes in sync with the baby maybe in sync with your partner all of those things yes 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 so I do remember dancing when I was pregnant and feeling the baby you know because you can have the baby in you you walk around you do things you're living life but if you stop and dance and put on music you suddenly are like oh okay we're in this dance together mm-hmm. and this dance is going to go on and they're going to be outside of me. And we're also going to be in a dance because right. when I soothe, I'm going to be bouncing. I'm going to be emulating my heartbeat and the steps that I took. You know, we often bounce after the baby comes out because they're used to our steps, which is why they were, you know, sleeping during the day when we were walking around and then they're up in the middle of the night because we're not moving. So it's the same thing when once they're out and we're bouncing so much, but it's really this way of dancing with our baby and being in sync with them. There's so many studies on rhythm and being in sync with others, making us feel connected. Um, So definitely uh, that would be my number one piece of advice. And I love what you said too about dancing with your partner as well. Love it. Love it. Yeah, it's definitely important to help, help connect. So where can people find you in all of the amazing resources that you have? So first of all, if you all want to hear my music, it's on Spotify and it's at Vered. So that's Mm V-E-R-E-D. And you can find, I have three albums for parents and babies, but I I would really say even to start listening before, um, because there's there's a lullaby I wrote there. There's just certain Uh songs that'll make you feel um, connected to the baby, even, even while you're pregnant. So that's number one. Number two is my website is baby in tune, like to tune into your baby, baby in tune.com. And it's the same on Instagram, baby in tune. But more than that, if anybody, um, wants a, the, the lullaby list, or if you want the songwriting template, then you should go onto the website, babyintune.com or Instagram at babyintune and message me and say, hey, can I have that thing? Because I would love to send it to you. And then once your baby comes, I can also send you the soothing method, which will um, help you. It, it's a way to vocalize and use rhythm in order to soothe your baby. Love it. Love it. And do you do virtual classes or anything? I or do. Have- yeah. So okay. I have classes on Zoom and then there's classes in New York as well. 
Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast, Vera. This was really great information. I know folks are going to love it. Oh, thank you so much. I've loved this conversation. So wasn't that a great conversation with Barrett? I really enjoyed that information and it didn't feel overwhelming. It just felt like it could really be a fun thing to do. And I really do encourage you to check out her YouTube and her website because she has some really, really cool videos there. And those links, of course, will be in the show notes. All right. You know, after every episode, when I have a guest on, I do something called Dr. Nicole's Notes, where I talk about my top takeaways from the episode. Here are my Dr. Nicole's notes from my conversation with Varen. And I just have a couple for this one. Number one, you may not have an immediate connection with your child. And that is okay. It took Varen, she said, about six months before she really felt that connection to her baby. That is not unusual. It doesn't mean that you're a bad mother. It doesn't mean that anything is wrong. You are two human beings who are getting to know each other. And it just may take a little bit of time. It doesn't mean that you don't love your baby with everything you have in your heart. It just takes a little bit to connect. You're two humans again, and you just may need a little bit of time. So if you don't have that immediate connection, don't feel bad. It is normal. And then the second point I want to make is that music can help create a safe environment during your labor. And there are some other things that can help with that too. I talk about that in one of the first lessons inside the birth preparation course, the fact that having a safe environment or you feeling safe is so important to help you relax into the process of labor and birth. If you are in a state where you feel fear, your body can shut down and labor won't happen. This is something that can actually happen in all mammals where labor will stop if you feel like you are scared or afraid or not in a safe place. And music is one of the ways that you can help feel safer and more comfortable. Some other things that you can do are lights, dim lights in the room often help. You can also use aromatherapy, like certain smells can help. You can also use things that make you feel at home, make you feel comfortable, like personal items, like a blanket or a pillow or having photos around of people who are important to you. Again, I talk about that in more detail inside the birth preparation course. You can check out the birth preparation course at drnicolerankins.com forward slash enroll. All right. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, can you share it with a friend? Sharing helps the show to grow. It helps me to further my mission of serving as many first time moms, especially as possible. So please share this episode with a friend if you enjoyed it. Also subscribe to the podcast in Apple podcast or wherever you're listening to me right now. And I would love it if you leave that review because I do shout outs from the reviews. And more importantly, I just love to hear what you think about the show. Also do come follow me on Instagram where we can continue the conversation there. There's also lots of great information that I post on Instagram about pregnancy and birth, including some funny stuff as well. So follow me on Instagram at Dr. Nicole Rankins. All right, so that's it for this episode. Do come on back next week and remember that you deserve a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Thank you.